Hello and welcome back to the Scooter Pod. I'm your host Bobby Howard. With me, as always, we got Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and uh, folks. It's a, it's a, it's that time of year again. Uh, the TV networks have released the first couple kickoff uh, times for the season, and uh, you know, also as is tradition, all the OU fans are upset uh, about one way or another. Um, particularly, or particularly, the lack of um, 6 p.m. games. There's one. But there's not as many as people want, so uh, you know what? We're we're this happened like five days ago, but we're gonna you know break it down, talk about it, our thoughts on everything. So um, just just to, just to let you know, in case you have missed it, UTEP two uh, is a two thirty start on Fox, uh, Kent State six p.m. That will be the ESPN Plus game. Nebraska gets a big nude again, uh, which is uh, a bummer, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, OU Texas, weirdly enough, is uh, <laughs> The, the one game that doesn't have a time, even though we all know it's going to be 11 a.m. <laughs> and Iowa State has moved from Thursday to October or Saturday, October 29th. And that will be on either Fox or FS1. So a uh, lot to talk about here, actually. I I, I know it's not the, the meatiest uh, topic in the world, but you know what? There, there's a lot of takes. We got a lot of takes about it. So I'm done preambling now. Jameson, your thoughts on uh, the scheduling and if you had, what, what's your biggest take from it all? My biggest take and my biggest disappointment, I guess selfishly, is I was really looking forward to a Thursday game in Ames. I understand Ames is spooky on Thursdays, but this Iowa State team, if you were to have a Thursday night game versus, you know, a spooky team like Iowa State, it would probably be against this team who just lost Brock Purdy, who's been there for years now. And then obviously, um, you know, you got a lot of turnover on the um, defensive end. you got a lot of turnover on the wide receiver and running back. And this is going to be a brand new team next year. That would have been a really fun game just to have something different, to go in on a Thursday night, watch that game during the week, and then kind of have a free weekend, almost a separate bye weekend for us to really enjoy the rest of college football as well. Yeah, no, a a free Saturday would have been nice. But um, also we uh, get to avoid the spookiness. But again, that that should be a less spooky game than what it was before. Ty, your uh, biggest take on everything. Yeah, I I don't even necessarily know if I have a a strictly – Oh, you take, but I'm excited. I, I think as a, a fan of, of college football, you have to be kind of disappointed in Texas, Alabama getting shafted with an 11 a.m. slot on September 10th. But as an OU fan, I think that's awesome because like we talked about, that's our Kent State game. So it's a 6 p.m. kickoff for us, which means that you get that Bama-Texas game as your tailgate or pregame or whatever you're doing during the day. And then you can full in focus on that that OU can State game if you're going, obviously, or if you're just a diehard OU fan that is is wanting to to have a hundred percent focus on that game. So I think overall, it's you know that's a shame on Fox, but you know Fox is going to do what's in their best interest. But I think that worked out swimmingly for Oklahoma fans. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. That actually, you're right, is kind of the perfect time for it because. Like you said, you get to watch it now. So uh, that's a huge plus for sure, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I wanted to kind of key in. UTEP, uh, the season opener, uh, kicks off at 2.30. It is on Fox, which is a plus because it's a national TV game. But UTEP, is that too hot? Is, it, is that too early? Is it going to be too hot out there, Jameson? I know. I mean, even if it is, like, who cares? 2.30 is the golden time. You know, we're not, we're, we're still fairly young, Bobby, you know, and a lot of people are much older than us that listen to us. Like 
we can withstand the heat. Put on some sunscreen. You might have to drink a couple water bottles, which is really hard on an OU Saturday. But come on. Like, if you could say, I'm sitting in 90-something degree heat, but I get a 2.30 slot for an OU game rather than an 11 a.m., I take that 10 times out of 10. Like we always said, you know, 2.30 slots are great because you can actually sleep in, then tailgate, you know, sufficiently. And then after the game, feel like you can go get dinner and then recharge your batteries and do whatever you want to do with your nightlife. I'm with you. You don't want to get too greedy on it, you know? Too, like And like you said, we've preached for a, while, a long time that 2.30 is that golden hour spot. So, um, and, you know, unfortunately it does run in with Oregon and Georgia at 2.30 as well that day. But you get the nightcap, which is, um, I believe, a pretty solid matchup. Uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. So you get to watch the late game. That's pretty fun. Um, yeah. Ty, your thoughts on the 2.30? Look, it would not be – I would not feel at home as an OU fan if you didn't have that one game at OU that was just brutal. One of those games where it is just – Absolutely, if you are coming in completely well-rested, completely hydrated, completely sober to sit on the student section or in the student section side of of the stadium, what would that be, the east side of the stadium? Yeah, because the sun is setting off to the west. It's it's just a, a sporting event in and of itself, just a brutal experience to, to have that sun beaten down on you. I know in the student section specifically, it's always right in your eyes. As it sets, you can't see what's going on, and it's a miserable experience, but it's just part of, of the experience. I, I really feel like we would miss out if we didn't have that one game that was just the summer, the heat wave game that, that really, you know, it's unfortunate. We don't want it to, to take out people, but, you know, the game where it's people are having issues in the stands and you've got, you got people getting carried out and they're running out of water and all that stuff. Obviously, we don't want that. That, that looks bad you know, on us and we don't want anyone to deal with any medical issues, but it's, it's a, kind of a rite of passage in, in my opinion, maybe not a rite of passage, but it's just, it's part of the experience. It's the same as, as having that one OU game at home later on in the season where it starts out kind of warm and you don't want to carry extra stuff. And then by the end of the second quarter, you're freezing in, in the stands and everyone's trying to leave because they're not true fans and they're cold because they, they didn't bring the proper, you know, clothing to, to the game. So I think it's it's part of it, you know. Yeah, the, the hot game is the annual uh, Gilmer Jones, like, first aid center game, uh, for sure, for sure. But, um, yeah, last note before we uh, get off of the scheduling discussion. Nebraska, big noon again. Um, are y'all upset about this at all? I, obviously not the same amount of vitriol as last year, you know, when it was hosted at home. Uh, not the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. I personally am upset because, you know, we're going to that game. I would have loved to not have to have to wake up and, you know, have your game day kind of cut short, you know, in terms of tailgating and all that. Um, but but uh, y'all's takes on it. Jameson, uh, your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, it's always disappointing you have an 11 a.m. slot. But selfishly, whenever it's an away game, I'm like, okay, I can deal with it a little bit better. Because in Norman, it's like, you know, obviously it's a whole event. You plan your whole day around this. You know, 11 a.m. away games, even really, really big ones, you know, I can wake up, roll out of bed, and just start OU football and then have a whole day in front of me. But it does kind of suck because I feel like, you know, this is another game that should be getting a lot of national coverage, hopefully. I wish, you know, 
like Nebraska was a better team, but 11 a.m. slot usually isn't the most nationally watched in terms of, you know, first 2.30 and 7s because we're fighting against the Pacific Standard Time, people that are getting up at 9 o'clock to watch college football. So it's kind of a bummer on that end, but selfishly for me, I I don't mind it. But But if I was going to Lincoln, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, and I think it's kind of the one that makes the most sense in a weird way. Like, of, of the 11 a.m. kickoffs, I get it because I don't know if it can beat, you know, a uh, prime non-conference type of game. I, the, looking through here, I think the biggest one is, I guess, Miami, Texas A&M that day. Um, I mean, that, that probably has to be it. But Those you know, are it, huge fan bases, though, is an issue. Yeah, it's just – Fox knows that they'll be able to just dominate that time slot. So I, I, I get where they're coming from. We literally had a discussion about it, this podcast, about how nice that 11 a.m. game is as fans not of that team. So it's a big sense. I think I, – I really think with this one, it, putting it in context of, of being an OU fan and, and of that experience, you know, we get a game – you know, two games back to back in Norman that are really good time. You know, two thirty, the the brutal heat game, then a six o'clock. That's where you see, you know, where the adults and and where the people that maybe have some growing up to do are when it comes to tailgating because that one takes some discipline. You know, to to time it right and not uh, not go a little bit too hard. But then you get that eleven a.m. away game. But then the very next week, you know, we're coming right back to Norman with another game at home. Obviously, time. TBD on that one, but I think it's good. And and I've said this before on the pod. I, I know you guys are are not so much, uh, but I I actually rather enjoy the low key get up, turn on college game day. You know, watch that. Watch you know some of the segments, but also some that I don't necessarily care about. It's great background to cook breakfast or get breakfast or or whatever, and then have that roll right into our away game that I can watch. And then, you know, by the time that's over time to get lunch and then just go about my day. Normally, I think it's a good sort of recovery and, and way to ease ourselves into the season, because as a, as an OU fan, you know, it's, it's going to be a game that we care about because that traditional historical relevance and, and rivalry, but yeah, it's, it, there was no way that this one was going to compete nationally just because I, I don't, you know, I don't want to start the trash talk already, but I think fairly objectively, Nebraska has not held up their end of the bargain in maintaining this game as a relevant national game. So, yeah, no, absolutely. This is definitely on Nebraska's end for sure. For sure. We'll be right back after a quick word from one of our sponsors. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlays? You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you will have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. That's a pretty good deal. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on NBA and any NBA team to win their game, get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, back to the Schooner Pod. 
Well, that's enough of the scheduling talk. Uh, we're moving on to some basketball. Jameson, uh, some news out of the portal. Portal, portal, portal Moser out it again. Uh, you know, we took we took a couple L's, <laughs> but you know, are we are we doing better? Uh, has has the portal uh, giveth back to uh, old uh, Porter Moser? Yeah, like big time. I'm really proud of like how we're we're doing as of recently in the in the portal. Because, you know, we are talking, you know, the other day, um, I was thinking like, OU is going to be kind of thin next year. Like we lost a lot of guys. And that's kind of what happens whenever you have Jordan Goldwire, um, you know, leave and Emoja Gibson go to Dayton. Like, really? Okay. Um, that, or DePaul, excuse me, it was DePaul. Like DePaul from OU? Wow. I mean, okay. I mean, but getting Grant Sherfield from Nevada is a big time guy. Like he is, you know one of the probably the most you know, big-time transfers at the Combo Garden college football – I mean, college basketball. Um, the guy that, like, averaged, like, 17, 18-ish points a game. And Nevada will slot right into our starting guard position, which is already really thin and will really provide a lot um, of offense for us. And then today we got a Kentucky transfer as well, um, who's a, about – I think he's, like, six foot five, small forward. Um, I'm looking up his name. Um, but I was um, looking at his tape earlier, and I mean, he showed some some promise out of high school. He's a four star guy, has some talent, just didn't break into the um, the rotation at Kentucky. And definitely, there's spot there because um, you know Elijah Harkless leaving. So we've got plenty of room, and people are starting to flock to us. So um, it's honestly really, really good because I was kind of getting worried for our team next year. Do you, do you have the name of the the um, UNC guy? I'm trying to find it. Uh, UNC. I thought you said Kentucky there for a second. Oh, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Sorry, I was just looking at North Carolina. We, we did Kentucky. actually have. We did actually have. I believe a. Um... Uh, uh, an assistant coach uh, it's, it, get hired on by Kentucky. So that's I, what I, it was. Kentucky, Kentucky, North Carolina, too. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm totally straight was. now. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, KT right Tur- Turner went to Kentucky, which kind of sucks because Calipari is poaching people. But I mean, you can't like turn that down if Calipari is offering you to be on his staff because it's not like a position that you're going to like move up in the world. Um, if you're, um, you know, an assistant coach at Kentucky, it's most likely not going to be a Duke situation where they hire from within. Um, but that gets you clout. You know, it absolutely gets you caught whenever you're getting seen that much on the big stage. And Kentucky's going to continue to have TV games because they're going to continue to recruit well and they're going to have guys that they're going to look for in the draft. And then every single time you see him sitting on the sideline and people mention his name, that's just going to gain him more clout. And if he wants a head coaching job in the future, this is an upward job for him. So that, that was really that was really big time for him. Yeah, and then you also had uh, David Patrick, uh, another assistant, leave to uh, Sacramento State. So mm-hmm. it's uh that 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 coaching staff has yeah. gotten pilfered quick. So you know, it was Kerwin Walton, Kerwin Walton of North Carolina transferred. I'm gonna just set this straight because I screw this up. It was Kerwin Walton from North Carolina transferred, but the Kentucky was the coach thing that happened today. Yeah, gotcha. I was watching Kerwin Walton's tape, and there's some good things. I mean, he's not gonna be like a game changer for us, but you know, anytime that you can get wing depth, which is extremely hard to get in college basketball. Uh, or just basketball in general, you can never have too many wings. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We we know that wing strength is uh, very solid, especially in the at the college level. That's really you know really rare to have a a good stable of wings for sure. So yeah, I think that was I think that was pretty much talking basketball. Ty, you, 
Yeah, I completely botched it though. That's <laughs> ah, all good. It's the off season. Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot about about basketball. I did fall down like a weird YouTube rabbit hole the other day because I don't really follow basketball about how Michael Jordan might be uh, Jimmy Butler's dad. Oh, no. I don't know. The videos <laughs> did not seem reputable whatsoever. But uh, you one say. just came up. Well, one came up on my recommended. I didn't. For all I know, this could be like public knowledge that everyone knows about. I don't know. So I was no, like, oh, well, never heard everybody about. knows about this. I need to click on watch this, you know, conspiracy video. But it doesn't seem that convincing. Basically, yeah. it just resulted in in them showing faces side by side and then being like, they both play in the NBA. So, I don't oh know. Results inconclusive, I guess. It sounds sounds uh, not only inconclusive, but probably just uh, full of crap. But you never know. You never know. The internet, never wrong. I've never been proven wrong by the internet. So, uh, anyways. Yeah, I think I was talking basketball. Uh, we also have a couple things to talk about. So, you know, this is kind of like a really, really downtime for sports. You know, NBA Finals wrapping up. Uh, obviously, you know, OU football is over like 90 days away so we have a long way to go spring football's over uh but look there's some really cool this is actually kind of a fun fun time for ou sports if you look at it um ou's golf team you know just bowed out of the golf uh it, the golf national championship today unfortunately but we got some really good sickball teams uh softball as you know absolutely been dominant uh so far uh, in the postseason made their way to the women's college world series they start uh, Thursday against Northwestern. That's always fun to watch. Make sure to try to get out there if you can if you live in OKC. But also, our baseball team's pretty good. They're uh, they won the Big Twelve uh, baseball tournament, and you know, kind of got screwed out of a regional. So there's a lot of fun OU sports to watch for sure. Even though we don't, you know, we don't cover them a ton. We don't, you know, stay tuned to them as ton we, uh, a ton. We have a lot of life. You know, we, we live a lot of life, so we're, we're pretty busy. That, that was a really horrible way to put that. But, um, Jameson, any excitement for softball, baseball, the like? Yeah, I'll come in on baseball because I, I watched probably the first six innings of the game before. I mean, it was really out of hand pretty quick in that Texas game. The national, I mean, the Big 12 championship. Cade Horton, let's cross over from football, a guy that we took as a, you know, a bi-sport athlete. Man, he throws heat. And I know he had a Tommy John surgery. Um, not too long ago, he's looking good. He was throwing 98, 99, you know, down the middle. And man, he looked fresh. Like at the beginning, I was a little bit worried. Um, Texas hit a home run, like one of the best players in the nation, but then we just shut him down. We're, we've got pretty dang good pitching and our hitting gets hot. We're one of the more hot teams in the nation right now. And from what people are saying, like they wouldn't be surprised at all, even though we didn't get a regional that Florida should be on watch. Uh, that we could really come out of there. Yeah, no, they're they're primed for a good run. Florida is, you know, definitely one of the weaker national seeds, and mm-hmm. um, I believe if we, we get play out of Liberty, Florida, yeah, so. it's, it's it's Florida Liberty and uh, one other team I can't remember, uh, Central Michigan. So mm-hmm. that's a that's pretty e- easy regional I think to get out of, um, and then I believe they'd be matched up with the Virginia Tech. Uh, the winner of the Blacksburg regional. So uh, there's always a chance the Hokies could fall apart. And then OU hosts a super regional for the first time, which would not be, not be bad packing those berms out. You know, the couches would be wild out there for the super regional. Mm -hmm. Um, Ty, what about you? Yeah, I I don't really follow it, but I, I love to go support in person. I absolutely recommend it to 
to anyone that, that has the chance or is in the area. Super cool, you know, just chill atmosphere supporting those sports. Well, not not necessarily with, with softball. You know, I, I know we're talking about baseball right now, but they they have a, a great atmosphere of their own too. Yeah, love to see OU sports uh, being successful, especially in, in sort of the lesser known things or the, the things that obviously baseball is not lesser known, but things that you don't normally associate OU with. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know, softball is, you know, let's, let's talk about them for a bit. They've just, as, as I think a lot of people know, they've become an absolute juggernaut and um, just sports in general. So um, watching them kind of get to the women's college world series. Now, this is, this is where it really escalates, where it really gets tough. Um, so that's, I, I think it'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. And Jameson, you and I can attest to it. We, we, we yeah. Uh, it is quite a time. I mean, it's this softball is like, it's now, like, I think like, you know, the next 10 days, are like the heat of like the, you know, the women's college world series. So um, like strap in and, you know, people that just come out for this time of the year, which is a lot of time neat me, um, but I still pay attention throughout the year, you know, it's t- come and watch the games, you know, in OKC, it's way too easy. And then also, you know, Jocelyn Allo, we've been hearing her name for a long time as a freshman, but like, the way she's played a career at OU, people are calling her the greatest softball player of all time, essentially, right now. The what what people have been doing. There's an argument for it. And every single time you bring up GOAT, people are gonna be, you know, a little argumentative, especially for a player that's still playing. Uh let's not go down that timeline where we can be skip Bayless and Shannon here. But um, <laughs> but it's it's true. If you want to come like see greatness, you know, see one of the best, if not the best college softball player to ever play, that's Jocelyn Allen and the way she's playing. Um, you've got to come out and check it out in OKC uh, if you've never gone to a softball game before. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, no doubt. It's uh, it's really fun, and I'll I'll say this: I think softball kind of or women's college softball in in a lot of ways can be a bit of a more fun, um, more fun product than college baseball because you know it's it moves it moves faster. Yes, only uh, normally seven innings. Uh, I believe. And, you know, not only that, but everything's just kind of closer, smaller. So a lot more offense, a lot more energy um, than, than the, uh, than the men's game. Men's game's still fun. Don't get me wrong, but that softball, uh, especially with a packed um, hall of fame stadium in OKC, there's nothing like it. Uh, even, even with the uh, unfortunate walk to uh, Riverwind or not Riverwind. Um, <laughs> that would Riverwind. be an unfortunate it fe- walk. It feels like Riverwind. Uh, <laughs> Remington Park, the, the, the walk from Remington Park all the way to, to that. That's tough. The heat's tough, but it's a really cool stadium, a really cool time. And I, I definitely encourage y'all to uh, give that a shot if y'all had not, because uh, you'll, you'll fall in love with that team. They're really fun. They're really fun for sure. Not just because they're good. It's just, they're just a fun team. If I can give a pitch for softball, I know it is to some extent debatable on the softball side, but one of the cool things I think about college softball is I believe that for the most part, you're watching sort of the pinnacle of that sport. You're seeing, you know, the best players, obviously, because that's the pipeline that they have to come through, but it's, it's not as, as large of a sport when it comes to the good players, like say college football, so you're really seeing, you know, super all-star games in terms of, of the best athletes and, and some would argue at sort of the peak time in their careers uh, performing. So it, it's really just as a, as a fan of athletics, it is something that is, I would say, sort of unique in the, the college athletics sphere because a lot of the other, you know, like men's sports, football and basketball, a lot of the times, obviously 
you know, people are having to come through those to get to their respective pro sports, but it, the, the talent is generally a little bit more dispersed than in softball where the real big talents are, are really concentrated at these schools that you're going to be seeing playing in, in the tournaments. And, and it's not something like baseball necessarily where, you know, the really, really good players, not to disparage any of the college players, but a, a lot of the really, really good players don't have to go the NCAA route to, to make it to the next level. So I think it just on an athletics level, that is something to consider. Of course. And, you know, it's, it's competition at its highest level. And they, I know they do mm-hmm. have a, a professional league, but it's really just two teams. So it can kind of feel a little bit more like the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals. Uh, but they're both good. Um, but this is, this is the highest level of competition, bar none, uh, in that sport. So I think that's really fun. Yeah, a couple of things to note about um, softball before we end things out. Um, people that are considering going to games, uh, if we um, win on Thursday at 2.30, obviously Thursday at 2.30 is not the most opportune time for people that work. Saturday 3 o'clock game um, would be the winner of UCLA-Texas, which UCLA is a perennial like superpower in softball. And then if we play Texas, it's obviously playing Texas, which would be great. 3 o'clock on Saturday – that is going to be very sought after tickets. So keep that in the back of your mind early and um, think about that. But if we do end up losing to Northwestern, we'd have a Friday night game. Um, so it's going to be um, either way, we got a primetime slot where people that work can get there on the week and go watch a game. It's a really cool environment um, and it's close to home. You know, you don't have to go all the way to Norman if you live in OKC. Um, so highly suggest that. And then the other thing, you know, Oklahoma State's on the other side of the bracket from OU, which is big time, absolutely big time for us because that's our only loss. And if you want to find any motivation with a chip on the shoulder with this team that OU has, I'd be scared. I'm already scared of this team if I'm an opponent of OU facing up against them. But if I'm OSU and I beat them, yeah, you have confidence because you beat them before. But I'm scared deep down because I know this is one of the best college um, softball teams of all time, and they've got a vendetta against me. Well, not only that, but OSU then posted about you know when they won the Big 12 tournament, uh, which is where they uh, dealt OU that loss, uh, one of two. Um, it was uh, they, they posted something like our state, our conference, you know, blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, there's a way to be like we won the we won the tournament without being like we own this state, we own this conference. They put up they put up a championship number on the wall, even though it was just a tournament. So I, I don't know. It, they they did, they did a lot of talking uh, after that one. So I um I gotta say, you know, you, you never want to make your own bulletin board material, uh, especially when you're dealing with OU softball, who is you know, truly one of the one of the uh, powerhouse teams in the country right now across any sport. So, yeah, mm-hmm. all right. I it's think that's be good. Yeah, I, I'm looking be. forward to three three o'clock on Saturday. I'm not trying to say we're going to beat Northwestern, but I am penciling that into my Saturday plans. Yeah, and I mean, hell, last year I think OU lost to James Madison really early, mm-hmm. um, and that sent them ha- like down down the losers bracket, had to crawl their way up. So, really, anything can happen in this sport, uh, but. No, I'm just saying, circle circle that Saturday uh, that Saturday game because that's gonna be fun. UCLA is like kind of the old guard of softball, um, and then like you said, Texas, Texas. We don't even need to say much about that. So, yeah. Anyways, well, folks, this has been the Scooter Pod. Uh, Ty Jameson, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. So, uh, yeah, the off season. We'll have more of these off season shows. So, you know, 
Everyone's laughing at me right now. I'm just going to end the pod. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Boomer Sooner. Beat Northwestern. Beat whoever. Liberty. Oh, God, Liberty. Liberty. Yeah, yes. Liberty is trash. Liberty is trash. Uh, so, all right.